All right, welcome to day 42 of 75. It is late and I'm still getting this episode done because that is the commitment that we're here for this week, folks. Um, And I have been talking about this one topic for the last two days and I feel like I should just bring it to the stage. So here I go. So with my new chapter, basically, this this life and this, this job, this this new place, everything, I feel like I have to find time to do my stuff, right? The stuff that I've labeled as like me, right? Like when I think of me, I think of like creating connections. I think of reading. I think of my mentor, uh, my mentor program. I think of just like my personality, I guess, and like the, the traits and the habits and the things that I do consistently. And obviously this new schedule has thrown it off a bit. And so I've naturally felt a little bit out of it Um, and a little less like myself, which I do want to talk about for one second before I go into the main subject, because saying that I don't feel like myself is something that I have said like forever. And it's something that today I noticed um, I'm going to stop saying and I'm going to make an effort, a conscious effort to stop saying because I have said this before, but the lows attribute to your highs and so not accepting the lows as part of you kind of neglects the fact that you're you know um that you are who you are and you're just kind of like labeling the happy high moments as you which is just not true right so anyways from here on out we are not saying I feel like myself or I don't I'm just gonna say I'm feeling some emotion or whatever um but going back to the topic since I haven't since I haven't been happy um I and I have been more sad than happy. I have felt like I I just feel co- like I feel conflicted with like how much I should get involved in in terms of like helping the world or how much I should get involved in with like trying to make a difference or how much I should get involved in with just just focusing on me. And so this book that I actually have owned for quite some time, um I just happened to pick up two days ago when I was feeling this way and the first two pages just laid it out completely um in terms of how I've been feeling so I'm actually going to recite these two pages to you guys um this is a little different it's a little weird it feels kind of weird um but just pretend that you're listening to audible because uh because yeah this is now your new free audible trial all right so this is called the road to character by David Brooks and it's basically It's basically what the title says, but let's just go on in. Recently, I've been thinking about the difference between the resume virtues and the eulogy virtues. The resume virtues are the ones you list on your resume, the skills that you bring to the job market and that contribute to external success. The eulogy virtues are deeper. They're the virtues that get talked about at your funeral, the ones that exist at the core of your being, whether you are kind, brave, honest, or faithful, what kind of relationships you formed. Most of us would say that the eulogy virtues are more important than the resume virtues, but I confess that for long stretches of my life, I've spent more time thinking about the latter than the former. Our education system is certainly oriented around the resume virtues more than the eulogy ones. Public conversation is too. The self-help tips in magazines and nonfiction bestsellers. Most of us have clearer strategies for how to achieve career success than we do for how to develop a profound character. One book that has helped me think about these two set of virtues is Lonely Man of Faith, which was written by Rabbi Joseph Soloveitchek in 1965. 
Soloveitchik noted that there are two accounts of creation in Genesis and argued that these represent the two opposing sides of our nature, which he called Adam 1 and Adam 2. Modernizing Soloveitchik's categories a bit, we could say that Adam 1 is a career-oriented, ambitious side of our nature. Adam 1 is the external resume Adam. Adam 1 wants to build, wants to build, create, produce, and discover things. He wants to have high status and win victories. Adam 2 is the internal Adam. Adam 2 wants to embody certain moral qualities. Adam 2 wants to have a serene inner character, a quiet but solid sense of right and wrong, not only to do good but to be good. Adam 2 wants to live intimately, to sacrifice self in the service of others, to live in obedience to some transcendent truth, to have a cohesive inner soul that honors creation and one's own possibilities. While Adam 1 wants to conquer the world, Adam 2 wants to obey a calling to serve the world. While Adam 1 is creative and savors his own accomplishments, Adam 2 sometimes renounces worldly success and status for the sake of some sacred purpose. While Adam 1 asks how things work, Adam 2 asks why things exist and what ultimately we are here for. While Adam 1 wants to venture forth, Adam 2 wants to return to his roots and savor the warmth of a family meal. While Adam 1's motto is success, Adam 2 experiences life as a moral drama. His motto is charity, love, and redemption. Solvichek argued that we live in the contradiction between these two atoms. The outer majestic atom and the inner humble atom are not fully reconcilable. We are forever caught in self-confrontation. We are called to fulfill both pers persona and must master the art of living forever within the tension between these two natures. The hard part of this confrontation, I'd add, is that atoms one and two live by different logics. Atom one, the creating, building, and discovering atom, lives by a straightforward ut utilitarian logic. It's the logic of economics. Input leads to output, effort leads to reward. Practice makes perfect, pursue self-interest, maximize your utility, impress the world. Adam 2 lives by an inverse logic. It's a moral logic, not an economic one. You have to give to receive. You have to surrender to something outside yourself to gain strength within yourself. You have to conquer your desire to get what you crave. Success leads to the greatest, greatest failure, which is pride. Failure leads to the greatest success, which is humility and learning. In order to fulfill yourself, you have to forget yourself. In order to find yourself, you have to lose yourself. To nurture your Adam 1 career, it makes sense to cul cultivate your strengths. To nurture your Adam 2 moral, moral core, it is necessary to co confront your weaknesses. <clears throat> we live in a culture that nurtures Adam 1, the external Adam, and neglects Adam 2. We live in a society that encourages us to think about how to have a great career, but leaves many of us inarticulate about how to cultivate the inner life. The competition to succeed with and when admiration is so fierce that it becomes all-consuming. The consumer marketplace encourages us to live by a utilitarian calculus, to satisfy our desires and lose sight of the moral stakes involved in everyday decisions. The noise of fast and shallow communications makes it harder to hear the quieter sounds that emanate from the depths. We live in a culture that teaches us to promote and advertise ourselves and to master the skills required for success, but that gives little encouragement to humility, sympathy, and honest self-confrontation which are necessary for building character. If you are only Adam 1, you turn into a shrewd animal, a crafty, self-preserving creature who is adept at playing the game and who turns everything into a game. If that's all you have, you spend a lot of time cultivating professional skills, but you don't have a clear idea of the sources of meaning in life, so you don't know where you should devote your skills, which career path will be highest and best. Years pass and deepest parts of yourself go unexplored and unstructured. You are busy, but you have a vague anxiety that your life has not achieved its ultimate meaning and significance. You live with an unconscious boredom, not really loving, not really attached to the moral purposes that give life its worth. 
You lack the internal criteria to make unshakable commitments. You never develop inner con constancy, the integrity that can withstand popular disapproval or a serious blow. You find yourself doing things that other people approve of, whether these things are right for you or not. You foolishly judge other people by their abilities, not by their worth. You do not have a strategy to build character, and without that, not only your inner life, but also your external life will eventually fall to pieces. This book is about Adam, too. It's about how people have cultivated strong character. It's about how some people have cultivated strong character. It's about one mindset that people through the centuries have adopted to put iron in their core and cultivate a wise heart. I wrote it, in, uh, to be honest, to save my soul. And those are the first two pages. And I have so much to say that just relates to every aspect of what David Brooks mentioned. And if you listen to the other episodes, I mean, I talk about ego so much. I talk about learning to unlearn the things that I grew up thinking were okay. And I talk about the chapter where I felt like when I was really obsessed with the gym, I was really obsessed with like being number one in things and competition and other people are your competition and whatnot. And I, I talk about these things in my podcast. And then I talk about how I have grown away from those things because they felt painful like they they just felt empty or they felt like they were leaving wounds unop or just opened um and and they were just leaving i guess empty is the best way to say it too just kind of just they were just there um and they didn't feel necessarily good and i didn't notice this until i started to pay attention to my emotions more and that was when i started seeing a psychologist and so i would say that the time before i started seeing a psychologist i was completely unaware of like what the things I was doing and and how I was how, how they were making me feel I guess and it wasn't until I started to question like can I feel better about certain things in life or like why can't I just sit with my own thoughts you know and just like why was I always distracting myself and that shift that shift I guess quote-unquote like people would say is like what has gotten me to be a little more woke and I don't like necessarily saying that because I think it sounds funny but just being completely honest with you guys like I think it's a concept that that actually makes it's actually something to consider like just deep like diving deeper into um it's it's something that I think David Brooks talks about in this in these two pages it's that second Adam that one that asks why as opposed to just being distracted by this um very linear way of life and it provides a lot of depth and answers to a lot of things which I think is really fulfilling for many reasons um, but I think the reason why these two pages hit home was because I struggle with, I guess, having to find that balance between my two atoms because I find myself, you know, tapping into atom one when I want to be just like the best version of myself. But sometimes I'm like, what does that best version mean? Does it mean, you know, a thousand listeners or does it mean just working on my podcast and doing it for the sake of the one listener? Um, and, and I think about the times when I haven't felt motivated to post, um, a podcast episode because I can't tell if anyone's like really listening or I can't, I mean, yeah, sure. I get a couple messages here and there and that's pretty great. Um, but it's like just noticing the difference in the way that Instagram would give you validation versus now when I don't have all like the way that some people can easily connect to me and tell me yeah hey thumbs up or hey a hundred like just swipe up on this podcast episode and like applause or whatever um so it's really interesting to just be able to observe all of that now and I think this book came at a really nice time because 
I, I feel like the way that he put these two atoms into perspective makes complete sense. And I felt like, I felt like I was trying to fight Adam one and like completely, I guess, demolish him because I would notice it in myself and some of my actions. But I think the bigger picture is to just find that balance. And I think that's what people talk about too when they talk about the ego, which is like not trying to get rid of your ego, but just trying to find that middle spot, um, which I think is, is really, really hard. But I think it's worth the effort because of the way that the way that David kind of outlines it um, as to what they as to what each character fulfills in your life but anyways I'd let me know if you guys thought that was interesting feel free to email me or message me or whatever um, but the book is called The Road to Character by David Brooks and I'm excited to keep reading it's kind of a short read it's like 250 pages so if you're not a big reader but you're like wow I'm considering it now because those two pages were amazing um, then feel free to snag a book because it's, it's, I feel like it's going to get better. Um, but anyways, I will catch you guys tomorrow and I hope you had a great day. Toodles.